Hello and welcome to this live edition of the Albion Obsessed podcast. We come to you on the back of what was a disappointing defeat at Newcastle, but we're not really going to talk about that. Instead, today, we're going to be talking about what's happened today when Brian didn't even play, but also tomorrow. But before we get into that, let's see who we've got on the live stream tonight. We welcome Joe. Joe, my friend, how are you feeling? Really nervous. Really, really nervous. Um, You know, the title says one win away from Europe. It's facts, but we still have to win the game. Um, But yeah, really nervous, Tom. How are you? Um, I have been remarkably cool and calm and collected. Um, After the Newcastle defeat, I was very level-headed, like really sort of like, yep, it's fine. It's okay. Um, But then today, during the Villa game, I was um, I was starting to feel the butterflies, and then once the final result came in, which obviously we'll talk about a bit later, I that's when I started to feel it. It just hit me. So um, yeah, I'm starting to feel a bit nervous. Uh, so that's me, Curtis. How are you doing, my friend? Um, I I'm feeling I'm doing okay today. Yes, also very very nervous. Um, I was the same as you. After the Newcastle game, I was like, okay, that just happened. We can't dwell on that for too long now because we're such a quick run of games and things like that um but i'm also like as you said after the games today was when it really hit because like yeah we've got southampton and and people are downplaying the fact that you know it it's still a big game um they're going to turn up they're going to want to prove something um because you know i feel like a lot of people downplayed the uh the everton game and and all that as well and look what happened there so uh, but i'm we we've got to go tomorrow we've got to we've got to win we have to try we have to try damn it but i'm okay Good. I'm glad to hear it. Dagan from across the pond. Dagan, thank you for joining us this evening. How are you doing, my friend? Fantastic, Tom. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is the dream. It's in our hands. It's in our hands. We need to win one of three. Would love for it to be tomorrow. <laughs> Would so love for it to be tomorrow. Very true. And you might hear some jingles in the background. I don't know if you can. That's the ice cream. Oh, kind of Mr. Ripley. Oh. So... <laughs> Yeah, the ice cream man is coming. Yeah, man. Uh, my, well, anyone else get that parents thing? Oh, they only play the tune when uh, there's no ice cream left, actually. So, um, yeah, um, <laughs> I can't, completely lost my train of thought. As you can tell, viewers, we run a very professional ship here. Um, Aaron, my friend, how are you doing? It's nice to have you back on the pod, albeit in voice form only. Yes, good evening all. No, all good, thank you, mate. Yeah, all good. Looking forward to tomorrow. Just, uh, yeah, similar to you guys. Well, especially Tom, actually. The Newcastle game, I was pretty level-headed with it, believe it or not. Um, I was a cool, calm and collected one out of the obsessed chat, which is very, very unheard of. Um, But no, all good. Yeah, all good. Looking forward to tomorrow. No lies were detected in that statement. Indeed, viewers, uh, Aaron was probably the coolest man on the chat. Maybe Aaron and Dagan probably sealing it there. Um, and we also welcome back to the podcast, Dan. Dan, mate, how are you keeping? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah, um, obviously, with the Newcastle game, obviously seeing the result, I was a bit like, whoa, what happened there? So I, I didn't watch it. But um, yes, I don't think I'm missing it much, did I really? So that's fine. Yeah, other than that, all good. All good here. What I will say about the Newcastle game, Dan, is that if you just saw the scoreline, you'd probably assume that we were absolutely battered for 90 minutes. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, hello, Kitnit. Um, we're, we're doing really good. Hey, oh, it's Sony. Hey, Sony, how's it going? How's it going, man? Uh, great to have you on. Hope, hope you're keeping it real, Sony. Hope all is uh, good. Yeah, got to keep it real, man. Got to keep it real. We're got to find those rivers. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Jesus. Um, yeah. So as you can see, again, professional content coming right at you here. Um, yeah, it was the scoreline was I didn't think reflected the game. We're not going to dive too much into it because it was depressing. First forty-five minutes, we were dreadful, no arguments, and we deservedly went in at halftime two 0 down. Uh, second half was much, well, I would say much better, generally better. Um, and we'll talk briefly about a few points in regards to Newcastle. But no, the, the capitulation at the end was obviously very disappointing. Um, Joe, one thing I do want to touch on about Newcastle um, is the fact that in the starting eleven, once again, we've seen, we saw 
sweeping changes, four changes that in saw Jean Paul Van Hecker come in, Ndav Welbeck, and Buenanote. Uh, Colwell was not in the squad, which had a lot of fans panicking. Um, but I think it's now come out that he was rested. So, but then I think it was a North Stand chat that pointed out here, Joe, that here is a, a list of some of the players that we don't have available Veltman, Webster, Colwell. Lamptey, Sarmiento, Lalana, Moda, and March. I mean, you've almost got a pretty decent starting eleven there, Joe. And um, Enoch and Wepu, and obviously Enoch and Wepu, who sadly had to retire. Um, so a lot of fans, Joe, were really angry um, about the starting eleven that uh, that Deserby had to put out. But he's got to get the squad through. Well, he had to get the squad through four games in 11 days. Do you see that those changes were justified, especially with how important tomorrow is? I think, again, it was another big, bold call from Roberto um, to, you know, Newcastle was a game in hand. Um, It doesn't change anything in my opinion, but for, for Roberto probably thinking, well, look, this is a free hit against a team that are, you know, a game away from securing Champions League football. Um, do we, you know, go all out against these guys or do we go all out against Southampton? And it's just a choice that he had to make. Um, and obviously the, the, the bold part comes from not knowing how the results were going to go today because they could have easily gone against us and then we're thinking, yeah, no, that's, that was a crap decision. But now we're sitting here thinking, do you know what? We've got, a really decent squad ready and waiting to go tomorrow, hopefully um, to, to, you know, give us our best chances of <laughs> beating already relegated Southampton, who as Curtis has already alluded to, it's not going to be an easy task by any stretch. So anyone that thinks it's going to be unbelievably easy tomorrow, just to put their legs up and it will be a, a guaranteed win. Think again, because Southampton are, are down. There's no pressure on them. All the pressure's on us, um, and I hate to say it, when the pressure is on us, it, it tends not to go very well. So I, I hope our fortunes change tomorrow and um, that we have a, a really good squad ready to go. Three points needed, three games. Last game is at Villa. Remind anyone of anything? Exactly what I was about to bring up. Yeah. Tom, it's, uh... <laughs> why? Well, you're the one that said that we... Uh... We tend to struggle under pressure. I was just reminding people. Um, but no, um, Curtis, um, again, I don't want to dwell on Newcastle too much, but I would like to get your your general sort of views on on that game. Um, is it fitting in a way that if, you know, Brighton could actually secure European football at home instead of at, at, would have been at St. James's Park? And also, um, can we just talk about Billy Gilmore's pass for that Undav go? My God. If Kevin De Bruyne had made that pass, we'd be they'd be talking about it on Sky Sports for months. What a bloody pass yeah. that was, Curtis! I, Billy I Gilmore, take a mm. bow. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I think it would be a lot more poetic if we achieved this European thing at home. It would just be wonderful. Period. Um, and and to um, I want I do want to mention uh undaf yesterday uh, i mean at newcastle as well i mean i thought he was kind of um unfortunate what with the with the own goal but then i thought he that that goal that he uh, scored was lovely um and he's he, i don't know if you saw the statement that was put out he did an interview with someone and he was blaming himself for the for the game essentially and i think that's he was really quite harsh on himself because it was a it was a team situation it wasn't just one person i thought you know as a as a unit we didn't play very well um, but yeah, I don't want to dwell on it too much. It was it was poor all around. But like as you said, there's a few bright sparks there. I thought Billy Gilmore looked fantastic. Uh, I thought it was a shame that he had to come off when he did. Um, but you know, is what the decision was. Um, but we've just got to go into this next game with a lot of fight, a lot of heart, and uh, balls, big balls. Yeah, I love this quote from Stephen. Yet yeah, Caicedo must play in the midfield, and we will talk about our starting 11s for tomorrow. Uh, a bit later, Dagan. Um, another sort of I thought was a b- potentially bright spark was the um, inclusion of Adela Fire, um, who came on to play at right back, which then meant Kaiseido could shift into the midfield. Now, there's a lot of questions about whether Joel Veltman will uh, start tomorrow. 
Um, if Joel Veltman is deemed not fit to start Dagan, do you do you think we should go with a more inexperienced but natural right back over a more experienced but out of position central midfielder? I feel strongly we should have Caicedo where he where he's meant to be in the midfield. Um, if if Veltman is fit, I think you give him a go for as long as he can go and hope that he can protect us from conceding early. I think the only way we lose this game is conceding early. So whoever our best fit guys are, and I think our most experienced best and fit guys, uh, makes sense to put out there with the absence of, you know, maybe Ferguson and CISO don't have quite as much experience, but those guys should be out there if they're fit. Uh, that That's my... <laughs> that's my read. Um, Ophaya did, he, he acquitted himself quite well. And if, you know, Veltman's growing weary and we're, you know, protecting a lead late, perhaps that's, that's different. Um, especially if it's a multi-goal lead, I would feel a lot more comfortable. Um, let's just hope for that. Yeah, definitely. So as that comment from Andrew there just said, let's forget about Newcastle then, unless anyone has any overwhelming, uh, desire to get back into it. No, fantastic. Let's get, Oh, go on, Dagan. Go, go, go. All right, so I have to say, the the positive takeaway, and I have to give the positive takeaway, we conceded, uh, like they battered us in the first half, but the goals we conceded were an own goal that was sort of fluky. Um, and then we inexplicably lost Dan Burn, um on that, you know, that set piece. Uh, given how poorly we played, they, they could have scored far more. And then once we did go with our best group, <laughs> Once we did go with our best group, we were in the game. We were in the game. And to your point, I, you, you led with the last two goals do not bother me at all. They are exactly what you see in any sport when you're pushing hard and putting it all into trying to even out the result. Um, sometimes you concede. And so that that scoreline does not hurt me. It does not make me any more worried for the future games. It does not tell me anything about our fitness or our depth or anything else. I think it it was simply the circumstance that we were in trying to trying to get something out of the game and that way. So I thought it was heartening how good we looked in the second half. I think we had like seventy six percent of the ball or so in the second half. Um, not bad uh, against a Newcastle team that was fighting for everything at home with an absolutely rabid crowd, you know, credit to them. They're, they're inches away from the champions league. Uh, and I, I want to give a quick shout to their fans and our fans and how they responded to each other at the conclusion of that game. It was sort of the best online reaction I've seen all year um, between opponents was, was our fans from Newcastle fans. So tip of the cap to them. Good luck in champions league. Uh, as it looks like that's where they're headed. It's kind of crazy though, isn't it? Because we came up with them from the Prem, mm-hmm. right? And look, and look at that now. It's it's mad. I'm, I'm quite, you know, you've you've got you've got to, you've got to have you've got to feel like what a season this has been for both of us, you know. And regardless of where their money's coming from, um, it's it's still it's still amazing where they are and what they've achieved and who they've beat and all that. You you've got to you've got to give them a pat on the back. It does help when you spend over two hundred million pounds, though. I mean. That's why I think, like, they, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about Newcastle, but everyone talks about, like, Eddie Howe as this miracle worker. They've spent over £200 million. Pounds. They've got a £40 million pound player sat on their bench. It's not a, it's not a blooming miracle. It does my head in. Um, and the yes, thing, we did the thing is, one thing I'm going to point out is I actually think that's probably our worst performance of the season by far. I think going forward, we were awful. We may have had all the ball, but we done nothing in that game. Like, even when it was two, when we went to 2-1, there was... We did not look like scoring until we actually scored. Like until we played that one pass and Newcastle switched off defensively, we did not look like scoring. And you know you can have all the ball, the ball you want, but if you don't make any chances, then you're not going to get going to get goals. And, and by then, you're not going to win games. And we got probably exactly what we deserved, and that's absolutely nothing. No, no arguments there at all. We didn't deserve anything. Um, but yeah, as Les said, let's let's put a pin in it. And let's move on, because uh, I'm far more interested in talking about today and tomorrow. So, Aaron, I'm going to come to you on this one, because um, we knew that today, if results went our way, it puts us in a fantastic position um, tomorrow. Um, So the results that we needed today was we needed Spurs and Villa to drop points. Um, And it happened, Aaron, 
and it didn't it, it wasn't a, a particularly pleasant experience waiting for another team to do something for you uh, both Spurs and Villa scored first in their respective games and then thankfully um you know Brentford came came back to win it and uh, Liverpool eventually got the draw um what were your general thoughts on on those games today and how did you feel when those goals went in that will eventually make well it does make our life a lot easier I mean, it doesn't really mean that much really at the precise moment in time because we need to do our job. You know, it's as really simple as that. We just got to keep doing what we do to to get into Europe now. Yes, the results have helped us, but even if they didn't, I would still expect us to go out there with the same intensity, same, you know, start of play and just see where it goes. Because you can't rely on other people's results. Yes, it's been helpful today, but you know, it may not have been. And then we may be in a whole different conversation. I try not to get too far ahead of myself because last time, you know, we've already mentioned it already. Last time we had to, you know, three games to get the title, and we blew it away at Villa, and it it does have that sort of feel to it already. And I feel like people may have built it up a bit too much. Yes, it, it, you know, I'm not trying to cast a negative doubt or anything over it, but you just got to remember this is bright and we don't do things a simple way. You know, we do not, we never have done, we never will do. This is why I wasn't really that fussed that we got battered on Thursday because I've seen a lot worse in a lot of different contexts than what we are now. We're sick from the Premier League and we were, we were frustrated and pissed off that we got battered 4-1 four, four by... A team who's third in, the, third in the Premier League, you know, Christ, just being in the Premier League, let alone is mad enough. But to potentially get Europe tomorrow afternoon is a thought that has never really crossed my mind, really. I thought, if I'm honest, I thought we blew it against Everton myself. I have to admit, I, I, that's why I wasn't really too fussed with, with with the games coming up. But it seems everything seemed to have gone our way, so we will find out tomorrow. Really, that's my, my spin on it. The games today, obviously the results helped, but I don't think that's... I, I haven't really brought, looked too much into that, personally. I know others may have done, but obviously I'm glad that Spurs lost, because to be fair, I don't really like Tottenham. And I'm glad that Villa conceded, because I don't particularly like Villa. So, you know, it's... Uh, other than that, I want to... Well, Palace drew, but that's only downside to that. <laughs> very true but you make a really good point in regards to context Aaron and I'm not I don't mean to sort of like be what I'd like to call a mood hoover or, or whatever because people I think had every right to feel very disappointed after our game against Newcastle very disappointed but it is a world away from losing to nine-man Warsaw in League Two um, and it is very different from waiting on results that could keep you in a league which we saw um, you know in our last season under Chrissy Hewton. So, you know, the context is everything. Um, fans have every right to feel how they feel. Um, but no, I think perspective and context are, are still very important. And I mean, similar to Aaron, I, n- I never thought I'd see the day when we were fighting for Europe, ever. Never, 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 never. But here we are, because Dan, a win tomorrow will all but ensure that we not only qualify for Europa League due to our vastly superior goal difference but would also see us finish in the top six of the Premier League and again this is unless there's a huge swing in goal differential which is highly unlikely um Dan did you ever thought you'd see the day that Brighton and Hove Albion were a win away from top six in the Premier League if I was told that when I first started supporting Brighton I probably would be like, but this team is in League One. How the hell are they going to get to the Premier League, let alone finish sixth? Like, you know, it's a crazy thing to think about. And, like, when I, as I say, when I first supported Brighton, obviously, started off in League One, obviously, they got to the Championship, obviously, moved into the Amex, because obviously I missed all the other stuff. And to be in the Premier League, I, I got emotional when we got into the Premier League because, obviously, you know, I've supported this club for powered however how long and to see them be in with the big boys it was an incredible day and and now it feels that we're, we're just getting 
bigger and bigger every year. And now to, to be potentially be sitting in sixth until the end of the season, it's, it's mind-blowing, completely mind-blowing. I can't imagine how people were thinking about when they were sitting at the Goldstone worrying about what's happening to the club in 97 to now sitting sixth in the Premier League. It's, for me, it's mind-blowing. I, I, they're probably literally beside themselves but about tomorrow. That's why it's so big. And there's all oh, I said in the chat we said about tomorrow, I just went, all we need is big balls. It's true. Very true. Joe, how how do you feel about tomorrow? How do you how do you feel? I mean, a bit of context here. Um, obviously we've rested players, so we should have a squad that is perhaps a bit fresher than you know, due to the quick turnaround of games, it's never going to be pure, truly fresh. I mean, poor Estupinia and Matoma, they've, you know, they've been run ragged. Um, but generally speaking, Alexis McAllister, Billy Gilmore have had minutes like subbed out and stuff. So they they should, in theory, have fresher legs. We could see the return of Joel Veltman um, and the Southampton manager has put out that he will probably play some of their youngsters tomorrow. Um, bearing in mind, of course, these youngsters could be playing for not only to to show off to Southampton and say, yeah, you need to use me in the championship, but they also could be saying, please, Premier League clubs, look at me, sign me up. So they're going to, as I think it was Curtis, they've got, they're going to have a point to prove. They aren't going to be pushovers, as Aaron has said, but are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling positive? Are you, have you got the standoffful vibes? I always, 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 always have the standoff all vibes. You know, I will, I will die with this club, and I, I will go on the most beautiful journeys with this club. Anything this club do, I, I will be there. I don't care if we're national league. I don't, I don't care where we are. I will be there. So, yeah, to to talk about the context of going into tomorrow, one win away from Europe is unbelievably nerve wracking. Um, and there's going to be so many different emotions flying about the Amex tomorrow. There's going to be so many different emotions flying about, I was going to say Sussex, but the whole world, because Brighton and Hove Albion, <laughs> we're not just Sussex anymore. We we are global. Um, Dagan is <laughs> however many thousand miles across the pond and, and, and still going to have that same emotion as us that, what an unbelievable achievement this is going to be. I, I, I guarantee you, Dagan, that you didn't think that th- this would be what you, you would be watching Brighton do at the end of the season wh- when you jumped aboard with us. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly nervous. Um, the most nervous game um, for me this season was actually the Grimsby game, crazily enough, because, you know, it's, it was Brighton in a quarterfinal chance to get to Wembley. You're playing against Grimsby, who are League Two, but there's every chance, obviously, that there's a massive cup uh, cup upset. Now it's it's slightly similar, obviously. I know Southampton, Southampton lost to Grimsby, to be fair. Um, so maybe I should be more confident if we can beat Grimsby. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm just really, really nervous that people are gonna feel too comfortable, and our play and, and our players will feel that as well. We need every single one of those players to do their job perfectly. I don't care that it's Southampton. They need to have a 10 out of 10 game. We need to give everything from the first minute, get an early goal and it will be similar. And again, I can't believe I'm comparing it to this. Get an early goal and it will be similar to Grimsby, I believe. Get that pressure off of us um, and then take them to the sword. I love it. I love it. Now, Curtis, you are going to the game tomorrow. Um, And Mark says here that, you know, we need to get the ground rocking from start to finish. How important is it tomorrow that the crowd get behind the team from the off? Oh, we can be that extra that extra man out there, you know, that, that extra bit of support, you know. I mean, um, it's going to do so much for them knowing that we're, like, completely 100% behind them. Um, um, oh, God, I'm so nervous, though. I'm so, so nervous. Just because I'd argue... This is probably one of the most important games I've ever seen, like Brighton games. I mean, it's 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 really really stressful. But like I agree, we have to, we all have to show that we care and we've got to be loud, and boisterous, and we've got to 
going to help them out essentially. But I agree with what with everything that Joe said. Like they've just got to give a hundred percent, and I'm sure that you know we as the fan base will 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 do the same. We'll do the same. Yes, Mark. Yes, it it really is. Um, we all feel it. Uh, Dagan, you know, you're supporting from across the pond tomorrow. What is your plan for tomorrow? Now, I'm not a superstitious guy. I'm genuinely not. I don't believe in lucky socks or anything like that. But please, for the love of God, whatever you do, take your cup with you. Take your mug with you and drink from it, please. Um, don't. Ch- and this goes to viewers and listeners as well and to every single one of you. I'm not a superstitious guy, but please, for the love of God. Damn, your lucky shirt, mate. You wear your lucky shirt. You wear your lucky pants. You wear your lucky socks. You keep whatever pre-match ritual that you have that brings us luck um but Dagan what are your plans tomorrow to 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 what to watch the game are you going to be meeting up with people or are you going to go solo how's it going to go from for you across the pond I'm going to get in front of my my television uh get my my 10 year old soccer player uh in her all of her good Brighton gear that she's proud of right now um and uh you know, while she fiddles around on her iPad, uh, poker occasionally, be like, you know, watch, 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 and uh, point out and tell her how historic this moment is. Um, I I have to say to you guys, uh, Joe, I absolutely expected this. This I I entered this thinking we finished ninth last year. This is a better team. We're going to do better than ninth. This was what i thought was going to happen and i listened i listened to you guys today and i love you guys but you sound a bit sad sack all the pessimism all the both we brighton whatever happens if if we just lose out and finish eighth or ninth we we are one of the best 20 football clubs in the world right now today i wasn't at the goldston i wasn't at with dean I haven't had, you know, the scars that you guys have, but, but in 2022, 2023, and in looking forward, this club is a force to be reckoned with. Um, And I believe wholeheartedly that we're going to get the job done. If not tomorrow in one of the games that follows it, we need three points. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know if we, are we really this, do we really belong? But we absolutely belong. Like there is no doubt about it. Our players are class. Our manager is class. We deserve it. We will have it. We're going to Europe. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion is going to Europe. A sentence I never thought I would ever hear. Um, you'll have to forgive us, Dagan, because as um, as Brits, we are we are very uh, self you know deprecating. It's all we don't really belong. Um, I think <laughs> it's, by Dagan, it's nice of you to talk to us, sad sack. So it's really nice if you. Brighton always. I don't know. Maybe I I'm think Brighton in a nutshell, arrogant but... American. But I'm like, no, we're we're here. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I do think there is a certain level of humility around Brighton in general because, as Aaron has already alluded to, you know, we've been through the ringer, we've been through the mire. Um, and there probably is, you're right, Dagan, probably a, a little bit of imposter syndrome because, uh, as I've said many, many times, I never thought I'd see the day. Um, and I think it's really important, Aaron, tomorrow that we leave absolutely nothing on that pitch. Um, because let's be honest, as you know, we, we see here, it's potential that we're going to see Southampton sit back. They're going to come to the Amex. They're going to probably try and make it tough for us. We've already said that some of their players might be looking to impress in order to get moves away from the club. Um, how do you see the game working out? Do we just play our game and worry about what we can control? Or do we need to be wary of Southampton's pot- potential tactical game of sitting back and playing terrorism ball as many like to call it I think if you worry about what the opposition is going to do I think that's where you'll lose the game you've got to, again got to focus on what we got to do just focus on how we play Southampton it's either going to be one or two things is where they're going to sit back and try to be humiliated or they're just going to go do you know what fuck it we're already down let's play with some fun have some freedom it could go one or two ways you know, and I say this every single time, 
ask me at one o'clock when the teams come out, then we'll see what they're going to do and we'll see what we're going to do, you know? Yeah, definitely. You can't, we can't worry about Southampton. We can't, you're right, we can't be complacent, but we also can't worry about what they may or may not do. Um, so, one of the things that we've just posted down below um, is getting people's ideal starting 11s. Um, we've seen a lot of tired legs, a lot of fatigue in the squad, and it's no secret that we are down to, I suppose, what Roberto De Zerbi would call the bare bones. Um, so let's talk about who starts tomorrow then. For me, um, I put out a tweet this morning um, saying that I would start Adela Fire at right back. Um, we know Steele's going to start in goal barring an injury. Uh, Adela fire at right back and then a back four, of course, of Lewis Dunk, Levi Colwell coming back after being rested, and Purvis Estupinian. And in the middle, I've gone with Caicedo and Gilmore. Um, and then Alexis McAllister just in front of them with then CISO and Matoma out wide and Evan Ferguson up top. The reason I've done that is because I think Billy Gilmore just gives us a bit more agility in the middle maybe that's the wrong word but he gives us a bit more movement in the middle than Pascal Gross does and it also means that Pascal Gross can come off the bench um, and you know do what he does so I've been a bit ambitious there and of course you know I love Pascal Gross I think he's a phenomenal player and it's more than likely going to be that he does start but for me I think Billy Gilmore's done enough to be in the starting 11 um, and as I say, Evan Ferguson up top, giving us that sort of that threat that he often gives us. So that's my starting eleven. Joe, uh, who makes the team for you? Where do Brighton and Hove Albion need to change? Where do they need to freshen up? Uh, I think it's a game that Pascal can start right back. Um, I think we'll be dominant. Um, I think that will allow Pascal to do his usual popping up anywhere he likes role um, and then slot in at right back when needed. Um and I feel like he, he will give whoever's on the right-hand side with him that extra support um, in terms of creativity as well going forward. So um, I, I would not be against seeing Pascal Gross there. Um, and then that obviously leaves Caicedo, uh, Gilmore and McAllister in the middle. I, I think that at the moment it is easily our, our best midfield, Caicedo, Gilmore and McAllister. Um, as much as I love Pascal, you know, I, I love him in the number 10 role, but I think you have to start Alexis there. You you can't drop Alexis deeper. As much as I've said, I, I prefer Alexis deeper, but he, he's he's never going to play that role at, at the moment. Um, and then I, it would be in CISO, Matoma on the wings with Ferguson up front, uh, Dunk, Colwell, Estupinian uh, and Jason Steele to complete the back line. Very nice indeed. Don't forget to let us know yours in the comment section down below. Uh, Curtis, same question, my friend. I'm going to get everyone starting 11s tomorrow, uh, for tomorrow, I should say. Um, so who makes your starting 11? Um, and also tell us any subs that you think will be worthy to look at, because Dagan has made some really good points about in the past about how good Undav is coming off the bench. And it's I think Undav is actually our best goals per minute player. It was Evan Ferguson, but Undab's been on fire recently in, in front of goal. Um, so do you think that he will come on in the second half to uh, you know to keep that good form going? I mean, he scored four in his last five, which I think is impressive. Impressive. Um, but uh, I think I, I agree with pretty much what Joe said squad-wise, but it depends how fit Veltman is. And if these rumours are true, they could potentially be fit for tomorrow. Um, but he might be someone that maybe comes on in beginning of the second half or something. Depends how the game goes, obviously, how the flow of the game is. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see Undev come on because he, he definitely has an effect off the bench. Um, that's noticeable, I think. Um, even though I thought he looked um, okay-ish uh, in the Newcastle game. Um, that You know, it was a nice goal and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Um, I agree pretty much with the squad that Joe said, uh, bar maybe Veltman where Gross is, but we'll, we'll just see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so much of it is dependent on Joel Veltman. Um, and the only reason I shied away from putting Gross at right back is because of the threat that they carry down the flanks. Now, Kyle Walker-Peters, I know he can play either side. And my thoughts were that if he played at left back, which means he'd be coming down our right-hand side. Um, Adela Fire, with his pace and his strength, could perhaps be a better option there against Pascal Gross. But then again, we've seen Pascal Gross play against Pacey uh, 
uh, wingers before. Um, so my same question to you, Dagan, where do you sit in terms of squad? Who makes your starting 11? Um, Cole Willendonk, center back, Estupinan, and Veltman, if he's ready to go. I, with the player coming off an injury, it does seem in the sport that there's often the sort of 30-minute cameo. Um, but if he's got any kind of tightness, he's a little bit more of a veteran. I'd rather him be out there to start and see what he's got. And if we need to make a change, we make a change. If Gross is in the 11, I'd like him to be at the 10 rather than deeper. Um, so my ideal would be uh, Caicedo and McAllister in the middle with Gross in that creation role where he doesn't have to run quite as much because I think he's gassed. I think Gross is is gassed. Um, and so I, I worry about him. But I, I also want him out there for his leadership because I feel like he is uh, you know, the leader on the, the sort of top half of the pitch. Um, Ferguson, Matoma, and CISO, as you guys have indicated, um, as well up, up top. Um, absent growth starting, I would I would slot McAllister forward and, and play Gilmore. He's he's earned it. Um, I would not be disappointed with that at all. So that was maybe an, a not a firm answer, uh, but something in those combinations is is what I would what I would want. I would not want Gross at right back for this game. Um, I'm, I'm worried about his hamstrings candidly. Uh, I just, he's had a lot of miles. Yeah. I think he, he looked really tired against Newcastle as well. I think we've, you know, we're reaching the end of the season anyway, so there are going to be a lot of tired legs. And then when you factor in the congestion of our recent fixture list, you can, you can just see the, 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 the fatigue creeping into people's games and uh, Stupinian he looked absolutely exhausted after the Newcastle game um and you know it's like you know this comment here you, in Southampton they don't want us to see it get Europe I mean the league one days if you remember Nigel Atkins oh yes if they can keep up with us um obviously very funny but they're gonna want to see us frustrated they're gonna they're gonna probably not want us to achieve Europe I know that there's it's not really a, a rivalry of such that I can see them coming to sit uh, to, to frustrate as well. Um, Stephen here says, and CISO on the bench, you know, fair call. I wonder, Stephen, who you would start on the flank instead, perhaps Pascal Gross playing further forward on the right. That could be an option, um, definitely. And then CISO to come on the um, come off the bench, or maybe even Danny Welbeck playing on the left hand side and Matoma on the right. It's going to be really interesting. Um, Aaron, you're always very famous for saying, ask me again at two o'clock on a, on a Saturday afternoon. But this time I'm going to, going to be getting your opinions on a one o'clock on a Sunday. Um, Aaron, are there any players that for you are a definite do start and a definite don't start? Definite don't start is Undav and Argentinian Dave. Um, Gilmore has to start. And then Ferguson obviously has to start, and then it's pretty much the same as the others have said. Really, I personally would would rather see Veltman or a fire right back than Gross personally. Um, and then Gross would be the one I would actually probably leave out out of, out of the three. I'd move Caicedo into midfield and McAllister and Gilmore. I wouldn't have him out wide purely because I think in CISO and Matoma are just so much better running at players. Um, yeah, that's how I go. Pretty much the same as everybody else, apart from get Undev away and get Argentinian Dave away. Just for the, for the game. Not Okay, away is probably the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I think uh, Buonanotte, I think um, a lot was made about his performance against Newcastle, Dan. Uh, but we have to be realistic here. Buonanotte has literally been thrown in, in at the deep end because our squad depth. You know, let's again, let's be candid here. If Jeremy Sarmiento was fit, he'd be playing. If Solly March was fit, he'd be playing. Or Jeremy Sarmiento, sorry, if both were fit, Jeremy Sarmiento would be the, the player to come on. Uh, but because Buonanotte is pretty much all we've got, you know, it's not been surprising to see him start, what, three of the last five games, I believe. Um, so my same question to you then, Dan, who's in your starting 11 and who would you definitely play or not play as well? So by starting 11, I, I put, um, obviously, staying goal. I've actually got with Caicedo at right back because I feel like he's been doing quite well there. 
and just I'm not sure. Obviously, with Feltman, obviously with obviously you know being that late, just decide on what he his fitness is like is going to be quite tricky. I thought maybe Pacedo would just be there as just as a definite. Obviously, Duncan Cowell, Estupinian, McAllister, Gilmore, uh, and Ciso. I put Gross in at ten in a ten role because I thought I thought like it's a sort of game that he can sort of play good in. So obviously. He know he knows how to read the game, and obviously Southampton maybe you know, they were really going to turn up. So it's probably one of those things where you he would do good. So obviously Matoma and focusing up front. It's sort of one of those games where you just sort of try and play your best players whoever's fit, and just hope and pray it all works out. And obviously then if not, you've got decent replacements on the bench that can come in and make a difference if needed. So yeah, that's just, that's my start at eleven. Yeah, it's all about having those starters and those finishers. Um, as the phrases they use in rugby and I'm sure many other sports as well. Um, I don't know if anyone, anyone knows the score, but this is a good point. Wednesday's game will be good if Forest win tonight. Um, is the, has that game started yet? Again, not not in the loop in regards to football outside of Brighton and Albion. I'm such a bad football fan. Um, but no, this is um, this is what again, why it could be quite key to win tomorrow because Man City, if they're not doing well today, are... Yes. So, um, anyone got a score on the Man City? What's that looking like? It, it's, it's one awesome. nil, one nil Forest at the moment yeah. in the Arsenal game. So, Forest win this, and City win the league, pretty much. Okay, fantastic. Um, so, Roberto De Zerbi said today regarding lineup, he will ask certain players how they are feeling. Um, yeah, I think that goes to show just the fatigue that's in the squad. I imagine players like Veltman will be asked. Um, Gross, perhaps, you know, Caicedo even, you know, it's it's re- it's a minefield, isn't it? And it's all well and good us sitting here saying who we think is going to start. But the reality is that we've got a lot of players that are just exhausted. Um, so that's, again, why it's really important that we can somehow get a result tomorrow. No matter what Southampton throw at us, here's our chance to, to put it to bed. Because obviously we don't want to get destroyed by Man City and we don't want to turn up to Villa who will be fighting for a European spot and get destroyed there either. We want to end the season on, on as high as possible note as we can. Um, but the fatigue worries me, Joe. It, it, it is a concern that in the event that we did miss out on Europe, it wouldn't necessarily be down to the, the, the club playing badly or anything like that. It could just simply be down to not having the legs to get across the line. Uh, I mean, I know we're a few games further on, um, into the season and the the fatigue could be worse than what it was a few weeks ago but we played 120 minutes against man united 100 minutes then against forest and we were saying the squad's fucked we're, we're done and then we go and beat wolf 6-0 um and then we lose to everton 5-1 again people are saying the squad's fucked and then we go and beat man united 1-0 and then we beat arsenal uh sorry i think i've got that around the wrong way um but we, we lost to Everton and then we go and beat Arsenal 3 0. So So if the pattern continues for me for me that the yeah, the fatigue is, is a worry, but there's been enough evidence that if we get a disappointing result, we'll come out absolutely flying in the next game. Um and if if you're a guy that goes on patterns, then you know, follow that pattern and hopefully the squad you know, the squad know what they need to do tomorrow. There's no ifs, there's no buts, there's no maybes. They know that they go out there and they win the game. They've got European football. That is enough motivation for me. Obviously, I'm not a, a professional footballer, far from it. But I know that if if I've got a little bit of pain in my leg, that extra motivation surely makes you forget about that little pain. That's not going to make you run as fast. That's not going to make you tackle as hard. Because... We are 90 minutes away from achieving our goal. We're 90 minutes away from saying Brighton and Hove Albion are going to play in the Europa League. It's massive. And I hope the fans give enough energy to the players to get them over the line. Yeah, definitely. That adrenaline um, can work very positively, as you said, Joe, but it can also have a negative effect. I mean, I'm hoping that tomorrow's Amex atmosphere rivals or even 
exceeds that against Sheffield Wednesday, that infamous game where the Amex was absolutely bouncing. We need it to be that and above to push the boys across the line. And I mean, one thing, um, Curtis, that we might find that if we do win tomorrow, you know, a lot gets said about the likes of Caicedo, McAllister, Matoma, all these players potentially wanting to move on. Um, now, I think we have to be realistic that we are going to lose some of these players um, in the summer. Um, and it seems that Alexis McAllister is probably the most likely to depart. But how important will be securing European football to not only keeping certain players, but also recruiting other players as well? Uh, it'll be massive. It'll be massive. I mean, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, great players out there with big ambitions and they'll see a really forward-thinking team with a great manager, a really good squad around them who have just broken to Europe. That I mean, I'd want to play for that uh, that club. So I know that much. Um, so yeah, it would, it would just be it would it would be really really good for a, a, a plethora of different facets, you know. Um, so yeah, we've just got to we just got to be on form and do what we do best, and the the rest is uh, down to fate, I guess. Let's hope so. This has been a question that we've had a couple of um, throughout the show, um, Dagan that. Saints could just sit back and we've seen against Everton, against Forest at times that, you know, Brighton sometimes struggle to pick off those teams that sit back when hit us on the counter. How would you sort of counteract that? Because you you seem to know a lot about Brighton's passing lanes and stuff. So, um, you know, what do you think Brighton's best tactic would be if that was the case that Southampton would just come to sit back? But as <laughs> I like this, Stephen said, Saints aren't capable of sitting back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw that pop in right before you asked that question. I thought that's a fair point. Um, and I just don't know that they'll be inclined to. I mean, I guess maybe weathering out a draw, but uh, for their players who are trying to audition, uh, I don't know that that's the best plan for auditioning is just packing it in and, you know, putting 11 guys behind the ball. That that doesn't seem like it. Um, again, they fair, they fair well might. For, um, I think for us, it's getting the best players on the pitch. That that has been the issue. When when packing it in has worked the best, it's been when we've not had our best lineup out there. So, um, you know, when when it is Welbeck and, and Undav instead of Ferguson, we've we've struggled, right? I mean, we talked about we need the guys. We don't have a lot of them who can create that vertical space um, in traffic when teams pack it in against us because that's really the only opening that's there. Um, you know, the one team that we faced that was really an exception uh, there um, is Everton with sort of their huge center backs. Um, and that made it really tough. But I think otherwise we've had some success. Um, not that we're great at set pieces, but Ferguson does a nice job of carving out space. So that would be my my initial thought is let's make sure we have Ferguson on the pitch. Yeah, I think Ferguson is such a talented individual we've come we've said that throughout the season dan what he has brought to uh to the to the team um so in regards to that dan let's talk about score lines tomorrow then let's talk about the scores on the doors i know i know i know i'm getting you guys to to be trying to be optimistic what do you think is going to be the score line tomorrow um it's quite hard because obviously you know we don't know how we're going to play after what was what happened Thursday, and obviously with Wednesday in mind as well. Obviously, even though it's going to be a free hit game, um, I think probably like a two one would do, maybe just as it as it probably would be anyway. You know, we don't do things easy. If we're going to win, we're going to win hard. So, you know, might as well have it always that way. That's very true. Um, Joe. Um... Scores, please. I don't know. I really, I. It's so hard to call because you know, if this game isn't of such massive magnitude, I say three nil Brighton. I'm, I'm not as anxious. I'm not as worried as I am right now. If this is in a completely different situation, if this was Boxing Day before Boxing Day. I would have predicted the three, the 3-1 win that we got. You just feel James Ward-Prowse 90th minute free kick, don't you? <laughs> you just do. Um, 
But right, let's let's try and focus and be positive because Brighton are one win away from Europe. And the track record, as I mentioned previously, I'm so flip-floppy. I'm so sorry to the people that have listened to me today because I am so unbelievably flip-floppy. Anyone that's interacted with me over the last week or, or two weeks, it, it's not been fun. And I, I, I apologize. Um, free 0 Brian. Go on, take it. I think I'll have what Mark's having, 7 nil win. Ooh, I'll have that, please. Or a, or a 1 nil defeat. I like this one as well from Phil. 3-1 to the Albion. Curtis. Listen, um, I don't care if it's a 1 nil, the scrappiest off of, off of someone's crotch into the goal. Glenn Murray, get your boots yeah, on. You, you know what? Literally, um, I... I want I want to win obviously tomorrow, duh. But um I really don't care how it happens. Um I'm obviously I, I'm the resident confident one. And I'm I am confident because I have to be, because it's what I've told myself I should be now. But um it's tomorrow is a huge, huge, huge game. And Deserby comes on and scores as well, yeah. Uh, but a huge, huge, huge game and um we cannot take this lightly that they will come up fighting, but even still, I think it will be three one, three one to the Albion. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the fans, a lot of people in the comments section of it's been one or the other, hasn't it? It's been very much a case of we'll either dominate and we'll rip them to shreds, or it'll be really tight. Dagan, you've been very optimistic on this podcast. What do you feel like the score is going to be tomorrow? What is your score predictions? So, as I've said before, my my worry is always if we you know concede quickly, right? And that changes everything. It changes the way we play. Um, I, I am inclined as as Adam just posted something similar to that, but I'm going to say four nil. That is, I think, if we score in the first half, four nil will be how it finishes. I think you're right. I think score if we can get a goal relatively early, not too early, because we don't want a repeat of the Villa game earlier in the season. Uh, Evan three 0 hat trick. Seriously, yeah, man, I'll take that. We get bashed, we bash back. Yeah, that's very true. You know, as we said about the pattern repeating, um, I think if we can get an early goal, get two in the first half, I, I fancy us to to run out as we did against Wolves. Mm. Um, let's hope that, that is the case. Um, Football is a very emotional game. Um, we are all emotionally invested um, in this football club that is absolutely wonderful, beautiful, terrifying, uh, anger-inspiring at times. Joe, I know it's difficult to look ahead. How will you feel tomorrow when that final whistle blows if Albion get a victory? Uh, emotional extremely extremely emotional um i'll be there with my mum who's you know been through insane amounts with this football club i'll be there with my dad who's also been through incredible amounts of emotions with this football club and and to to be sharing the pinnacle hopefully we get better but the the, the pinnacle at this time with them is going to be something to to remember forever and there's going to be so many hopefully so many memories made tomorrow i i feel again you know i'm flip-flopping again but i i feel somewhat that maybe the stars are aligning that you know we're not doing the um the the lap of honor after the city game we're doing it after southampton because is that the game that we secure Europe and we, and they're going to be walking around that pitch, celebrating with the fans, finally getting to that goal that Roberto De Zerbi has been talking about for months, hugging each other, crying, you know, just thinking about European nights at the Amex, thinking about European nights wherever we, we get drawn against. And those are the heavy heights that Brighton and Hove Albion are hitting. And it blows my mind. It 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 genuinely does. People probably bored of us saying, "Oh, look, look how far we've come." But really, really look 
because this is a story that Hollywood couldn't write. Not one film writer could could expect that it it, got, it goes this way for Brighton and Hove Albion that on that day that our ground got sold, our club was getting sold into the ground, that we would be here 26 years later. Just really... That's, yeah. This is what it means. This comment, hopefully, I won't get too emotional if we win. Um, I lost my dad last year and he was a massive Albion fan. We do it for them as well. You know? They're they're not this it's not lost on us. They're they're still with us on this journey. They're 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 changing things up there that are allowing that these incredible things to happen and for for this joy to filter through everyone. And let's hope for that incredible joyous moment tomorrow because I you know he'll he'll be he'll be there with you with his arm around you, um and yeah, it it will be a, a, a great moment. Yeah, and if it makes you feel any better, I will cry tomorrow if we win. I will cry, and I hold no back. I'm not ashamed to say that at all. Uh, Curtis, uh, this is very interesting from Adam. We need a rise or fall Netflix documentary now. It's no secret that the club have been sitting on a particular documentary, as it were, for some months, and they've been holding off and holding off and holding off. Is tomorrow time to finish writing that story? And if that story is written, that Brighton and Hove Albion achieve European uh, their European aspirations at home, how will that make you as an Albion fan feel? I mean, I, my journey is a lot different to a lot of the fan base. I mean, I, I've not been brought up with football. Uh, my family hate the game. So I've just found this beautiful thing just completely organically. And it's been one of the best journeys I've ever had in my entire life. I've met some of the, the most amazing people through this and I've I've experienced the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows sometimes. And um, we're sat here and we're, we're talking about European football. It's still not quite ticking over, you know. It's this very, 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 very big thing. And, and I've been quite emotional about it all day, to be brutally honest, you know, like that we're on the precipice of greatness for us, you know. This is this is going to be a bent, this will be in the history books, you know, if we can, if we can do this, you know, this will be in the history books and we can tell our children and our grandchildren and all that soppy stuff. But um, ultimately I'm just so incredibly proud of what we've achieved and how far we've come. And um, yeah, it's just in our hands uh, ultimately. And whatever we do, we've just got to be loud and proud tomorrow and cheer them over the line. So. I'm here for all this soppy stuff. That's why I'm asking you guys how you feel. Because, uh, as I say, football is an emotive game and there's no point pretending it's not. Dagan, you've joined us on this journey. Um, you chose our club and that, for me, makes me feel very proud. Um, to see the club that you now support, that you now love, achieve something that we have told you on many occasions that we never thought possible. How does that make you feel? Like, How proud are you that you chose this club over all those other bastards well I, right I, I thought I was choosing uh wisely I thought I was being smart when I picked this club because I was picking the smart brilliant owner um what I've fallen in love with in addition to that is the heart of the club um and you guys and all of the supporters and you know reading the words and hearing the stories um knowing of you know of Dick Knight and Attila and Paul and those people who saved the club, right? They, they were there and now we are here. Um, and, you know, a favored son taking ownership of the club, right? And uh, turning it into this um, it has to seem unimaginable. It has to seem fairy tale, but here we are. And, you know, I was, I was hearing the comments, right? And, and thinking to myself, like these results today could have gone against us. Both of them could have easily gone against us. At halftime of both games, it looked like they were going against us. And I thought, man, this could all unravel very, very quickly, even if we did get the result against Saints. And now here we are, we're, we're one win away. It really is in our hands. Um, and, it, and it feels like, you know, we are writing, we are writing the end of a fairy tale. Um, and, and who knows what we'll see at the end of a game tomorrow. And, and, and after that, we're playing for fun. And, and maybe we beat, we beat the league champions in our, on our field um, and really put an exclamation point on it. Uh, that's, that's the storybook ending I'm I'm writing. And then, you know, 
who knows? We let we let Villa in that last game and they knock off Spurs and we can be happy to not have to worry about them either. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, I, I just couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be more honored to be a part of it, right? There, there's just a, a heartbeat and there's a community here that I feel like deserves it. Um, you've, <laughs> we've paid our dues, man. This this club has paid our dues. I have it. Uh, I'm here along for the ride, but I'm humbled to be here. I'm honored to be here. And uh, this is our time. Yeah. And you mentioned the one man who possibly deserves it more than any of us, Tony Bloom. What a man. The man who, you know, I mean, many people deserve it. Of course, you mentioned many that have fought for our club. But Dan, Tony Bloom deserves this, doesn't he? Um, Tony Bloom has helped this club survive. He's pushed this club onto heights that we thought were unimaginable. Um so that in itself needs to be mentioned. But Dan, I'm interested in your feelings as well. Brighton on the cusp of something truly, truly incredible. How does that make you feel? I probably have some same sort of feeling when I went into that promotion um, day. It's You knew something special was going to happen and, and, it, and it was all in our hands and, and for it to happen, it was just amazing. And obviously see everybody's just so elated and everything like, so like uh, that comment said, you know, we, this is for people that help the club. This is for our families. This is for everything, you know, any, anybody, you know, who through 97 to get Falmer, to get, even to get with Dean, to try and get us out of Gillingham, you know, to, to bring us back home. I mean, this, this is basically for everybody that we've lost along the way. You know, this is what it means for all of us to sort of, as I say, the community together, that this one result is going to bring this whole whole fan base together again and we're going to celebrate as one. And I I as well I want to say as well, like, because um, obviously as we're playing Southampton, they keep referring to us regarding our success about with Southampton. That was the same thing that's going to happen that happened to Southampton. It's going to happen to us. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think we are way smarter than they were because they were just any sort of bid that come in for them. I'm not going on a tangent now, I'm sorry. But uh, it's um, it's one of those things where they, they compare you and it's like, I think Tony Bloom, Paul Barber, anybody else uh, who have control are way smarter than they were because I've, cause, cause we ain't going to sell players if we can't replace them. If we're not going to replace them or can't replace them, we're not selling them to you unless unless our value is either met or exceeded. That's the way it's going to go. But going back to my feelings about the game, I'm going to be there. I'm going to watch, not, obviously not going to be there. I'm going to have to be watching it at home with my son. So that would be great. I'll be sharing my little moment with him. And obviously, if the, if the result goes well, um, I know that I've enjoyed it with my boy. So, and, you know, hopefully if he does, I'll, I'll say I won't say he will support Brighton. I want to support Brighton, but I hope he will. But, you know, he knows that we we have this club together, and you know we can enjoy everything that comes after that as well. And hopefully, this this, this as I say, I really don't think this deal will happen with us. Will happen with Southampton. I really, I really hope it doesn't. So we can have more days like this, and and have a lot more good memories to go along with it. So yeah, I, I can't wait for it to come come happen. Tom, what about your feelings though? You you've asked us. I want to know how you are feeling about it. Well, it's no secret that I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, I will break down in tears of joy. Even now, just like hearing you guys talk about it, it makes me feel emotional. Um, and apologies if that makes anyone feel uncomfortable. Um, but no, it will it will mean something to me that I can't quite put into words. Um, going to Wembley with my dad was really special. Um, but securing something that in 97... As Dan said, you know, we would never have thought that. This is tomorrow is perhaps the single most important game since the Hereford game. Um, and I'm just going to be totally overwhelmed if we do achieve our dream of getting into Europe. And as I, I say, I make no bones about it. I will cry and I will not be ashamed of that fact. I will let myself feel those feelings and rejoice that my football club that I've supported since I were a wee lad um, have achieved something remarkable and my one dream my one hope is that I hope 
Lewis Dunk scores tomorrow. If Lewis Dunk scored the goal that sends us to Europe. <laughs> you know, it's written in the stars. Solly March scored the goal that sent us to the Premier League. If Dunkey could score the goal that sends us into Europe, I would. Oh, God, if I was going to be upset for just winning, if Dunkey was the one that scores that goal, God help me. I'm going to need some tissues because, oh, I'm going to be crying. I tell you, I'd be in a mess. I'd be in a mess eating my hot dog at the ground tomorrow and just crying. It'd be horrible. Horrible look, but yeah, amazing. I'll take it. I'll take I'll take it. Any and to be fair, I don't care who scores. I don't care if it's an own goal. But as I say, Dunk getting the win would be something quite truly special. Um, but there you have it, Brighton and Hove Albion fans. Thank you for joining us on this wild ride. Thank you to Joe, Curtis, and Dagan, who's got his finger up like he's in class. Dagan, did you want to say something? I was saying one more, just one more. We are this close. Yeah. One, once more into the breach, dear friends, once more. Um, thank you for joining us on this journey. Thank you to Joe, Curtis, Dagan and Dan, and of course, Aaron, who had to duck out for work. Um, thank you so much um, for joining us tonight. Um, sleep well, try to sleep well, and wherever you may be, whenever you may be, we will see you on the other side. Up the Albion.